0: Welcome back to the Abundant Culture Podcast, where business owners like you come to learn how to grow the valuation of their companies so they can sell in the future. On this show, you'll learn how to sell for top dollar and invest in profitable businesses around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Jazz and Joe. Welcome back to Abundant Culture Podcast. We are super excited to have john on the podcast today we have john vong who's the owner and founder of local seo search a boutique agency from toronto canada and he helps small and medium-sized businesses rank on google and dominate their local market john thank you so much for coming on the show tell us a little bit more about you know your entrepreneurial journey
1: well, thanks for the intro. Um, so this all started eight years ago, back in 2013. Uh, that's when I founded and uh, bootstrapped this agency, really. Um, but it probably started way back when I was a young child. Uh, I've always been wanting to own my own business and become an entrepreneur. So early ages, I... Um, had a newspaper route, right that's how it started I was like nine years old I had like 20 different various jobs up until I went to university and college Um, and at at that time like I've been working all my life so it didn't just happen Um, but I've already built this work ethic of waking up being the first one there the value of like understanding family comes first understanding what it takes is hard work dedication grit perseverance and just Mindset wise, I was prepared for the next step when I was working. So my first job was in advertising sales outside of uh, university and I was doing advertising sales for 10 years. So, you know, that that was pretty much my career, right? Like 10 years in advertising sales. And then I jumped right into running this agency um, from being an employee to then starting my own. So, one thing I'm curious
2: about is what made you go from uh working in this advertising agency to basically wanting to do uh s e o for small and medium sized businesses because I feel though those two things can kind of be related, but they might also be different in some ways. So, how did that kind of transition and journey happen
1: yeah definitely so i'll I'll give you a perspective like the ten years in advertising sales. I worked in traditional advertising sales print media, and then I dabbled into online performance, affiliate-based advertising sales, dealing with Big Fortune 500 companies on anything to do with email, performance, contextual, banner ads, CPM, CPA, CPS, all that stuff. Probably a majority of the listeners have no idea what it is, but it was more digital. And then I dabbled into directory advertising sales at a company called Yellow Pages. And I'm sure some of you may remember or may not, depending on your audience members. but it is a phone directory, phone book, uh, printed once a year, given to every single home, business and uh, storefront. And it was the most comprehensive business listing. So I was responsible for a book of business. And at that time, I was there for five years. I worked with thousands of business owners, and I really got to understand what it took to become a business owner, what they were made out of, um, how hardworking they are, what they stood for, what value they brought to the community. And they, they really took care of family, but their people, their staff, the people that surround them, the community. And they they were really, I guess, in it for the long term, right? They, they've been doing it for decades, and maybe some of them generations even. So that means for the listeners, 30, 40, 50 years of doing the same thing. And it's passed on from your parents to grandparents onwards. So for me, that really stood, uh, it made a difference in my life. Like meeting all these people that were you know, successful in my eyes because they were core to the family. They had a really good strong bond with, you know, the family culture as well as the the human element of their staff and their community, which is their clients, right? And they understood how to take care of everything. And for me, I felt Yellow Pages at that time was under delivering because the return on investment was lower. Users were shifting the behavior away from, traditional to now digital. And therefore I either continue selling ads at a a, a company that I didn't really believe in at the time anymore or try something different or work for another ad agency or, you know, Facebook, Google, or any of the other players online Um, because I knew myself, I was shifting away from how I consume and search for businesses and therefore, I, that's how I started. I, I didn't know anything about SEO, but I wanted to help those small, medium-sized businesses because that really resonated with the type of people I wanted to do business with. Awesome. And when
2: it comes to SEO, I guess, how did you figure out that that's what you wanted to do? or and And how did you start to really learn about it? Because you just said that you didn't really know much about SEO at the time. So how did you figure out that SEO was going to be the next thing? And how did you learn about it in order to deliver such a great service to the different small businesses that you work with?
1: Yeah. So first thing is, I didn't know. Um, If anyone knew what their you know, real goals and real like career aspirations would be, they're probably lying, right? Like I just got thrown into it because I just was in a pivotal time and moment in my life and change happens, right? For either good or bad. And you need to make choices, either be an employee or try something that you've always dreamt of. And yes, you can persevere or you can give up and fail and, you know, live with that regret So for me, it was hard, like learning to run a business, being an entrepreneur, bootstrapping it all, like dealing with customers, accounting, customer service. Like I was strong in sales, but I didn't know all the other aspects like SEO, hiring people, doing the work, all these technical jargons, and then figuring out how to do it good well enough for people to pay and have great results. like. It was all self-taught, right? I was joining and reading as much as I can, joining communities, reading books, going on blogs. I mean, there was a lot of content that I was consuming and a lot of testing. And not just that, hiring a lot of people and firing them, making mistakes and regretting it. like taking on wrong clients and regretting it, you know, then it comes collecting money, right? Like it's not as easy as everyone thinks you pay for a service and you expect as a business owner, people are going to pay for it. Not everyone pays either. So there's a lot of things in running a business that you have to figure out. And that only happens when you're in it, when you're deep in it versus thinking of running a business. So I just jumped in doing and learning and making a lot of mistakes and persevering along the way to get better honing on my process systems people staff and just getting better along the way awesome
0: I feel like that's like maybe not every entrepreneur's journey but it was definitely ours like kind of getting thrown into it and not knowing anything about what to do and having to figure it out along the way and definitely definitely making a ton of mistakes, yeah. <laughs> having to go back and correct them. So I'm, I'm interested, what was like one of the, the biggest mistakes that you've made in
1: business? I think early days, um, I didn't know what I didn't know, right? So I was hiring based on the wrong trait, the wrong roles and responsibilities, right? And I just knew I wanted to fast track and help Grow the business, right? Like I was strong in sales, but I needed help with SEO. So I hired my first SEO guy to help me, but I didn't even know what SEO really was all about. I need to understand the dev, the jargon, the terminology, and then understanding it all to then realize if they're a good person that fits my values. So I was hiring on skill set and not really fitting what I would look at as someone in alignment with what the vision and the core values of the company is. So at the beginning it was just skill set, right? And as I got better in understanding what I needed to do, great. People can learn skills. But when the personality there's conflict and their values are different, it's hard to change. And therefore as I progressed in hiring and firing people, I got to learn that hiring good people that resonate with your values is way more important because they are the lifeline of your business if you're looking at growing and taking care of your your clients, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And just out of curiosity, what are those value traits that you look for when you're thinking about hiring somebody for your company?
1: Yeah. So for us, it's all about like family first. Um, You know, growing up, I think that's the strongest bond in any human interaction, right? Um, So the support system, understanding like what role you're in and what family really means. It means you'll, you'll bend over backwards to make sure that that person gets food and shelter. They will do what they need to do, right. To make sure it happens. Um, And then of course, like we're going to take care of each other. We'll nurture each other. We'll look after each other and we'll go above and beyond to ensure that they there's a safety net as well. So yeah. that family trait is so important. And then, of course, along the way, there's the integrity. And what, what matters to me is like making sure that the client feels that we're making a difference, right? Like teamwork, but also like the impact and a good value prop, right? Understanding that they're getting good lift in whatever they're doing with us so that they stay on As partners and not just being a vendor they feel like we're actually a part of their business and they can't live without us so that they're very sticky nice
2: yeah I really like that a lot one of the things I was very curious about uh kind of bringing it back to like the seo portion when it came time like what made you pick seo over different types of ad platforms. So like you could have did, you know, uh, social media paid ads, you could have done search paid ads, you could have done all of these other different types of, I guess, customer acquisition, but you chose specifically SEO. What really influenced that decision?
1: I always look at my buying behavior and I look at it saying I'm the average, right? So if say 60, 70% people are average, right? How do I shop? Do I go on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn when I'm buying a product or service? I may go to Amazon because I have a specific product that I'm seeking out, but for a service such as a dentist or a plumber or a chiropractor, or physiotherapist or a tree service guy, how do I seek out that vendor? I maybe ask a friend, a family, word of mouth, I maybe get a referral from some online platform checkout reviews, but typically I'm going on Google. I don't go to classified ads. I don't click on paid ads. So these are my user behavior. And that's why it's more, you know, yes, there's people that are going to click on paid ads. Yes. That's a small percentage I feel. And the type of quality of clients who are like me looking on the map and below, which are naturally appearing, earning their way are typically the ones that you trust more yeah. and therefore it's probably the hardest way to rank, like build momentum on your website to appear on the first page and then understand like what google is really after they're looking to match the website with the user's intent right with keywords and the more that you understand google's premise on why they built the search engine which is to ensure that you continue coming back to Google because you trust them with every keyword that you type in and you come up with a result that's personalized, customized to your behaviors. And there's gonna be ads at the top, which people can pay to play, or there's map and below, which is now earned because Google has already done their vetting algorithm update to ensure that it's matching your behaviors and intent then you feel you're going to continue going back to Google and trust them. And you're going to also, if you are average, everyone else is doing the same. And therefore, if you have that coveted space on that first page, you're earning a lot more visibility, traction, which are clicks that will lead and convert to more leads, calls, emails, product service inquiries, as well as purchases. So ultimately, that's my uh, reasoning behind why SEO. I know it's kind of long winded, but it's just based on my user behavior.
2: That does make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So I can totally agree with that and see why you chose SEO. Because what do you say to somebody when like, one, one thing I always hear is that SEO is very, like, complicated, And it takes a very long time to do. What is your rebuttal? To, to that that statement because uh, a lot of times where I hear about SEO, it's like, oh, you're not gonna see, you're not gonna see a lot of results for the first few months, but after a while, it will start to pick up. What is your kind of input on that?
0: If you own a small business and you might be looking to sell, you could run into some major issues. Forbes estimates that nine out of 10 businesses listed never actually sell. Why? Because there's only one way to sell. You need to do these four steps first. So if you want to be a part of the 10% of businesses that sell for profits, we've created a free checklist for you so you can sell without those hurdles that normally hold you back. Download the free checklist by visiting www.abundantculture.co forward
1: slash checklist. Yes, it's definitely hard. Um, If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. That is so true. Why, you know, if it was so easy, you can just run Google Ads. You can run Facebook Ads. It's easy. You can set it up. It starts right away. But what is difficult is why there's a service and offering for people that don't want to do it themselves. Right. And it's a track record. It's a solid reputation that you want to vet to ensure. And it's it's very similar to like you know professional trades, right? Plumber, duck cleaner, tree guys, arborist. HVAC guys, you can do it yourself. You can go to Home Depot, Rona, purchase the product, go on YouTube, figure it out. But as a homeowner, are you an expert at it? Do you want to save your time? Do you enjoy doing it? First off, do you want to move in, you know, transport it, have all the tools and equipment, remove it, input a new one. And then you don't even know if you're doing it properly or not. Or someone just coming in, you pay them, of course, to do it properly the first time. Right. And therefore you have less stress, less burden, and you don't have to worry, right? Because yeah. they're expert, and there's a warranty. So as a homeowner, you have to understand why people pay for things. If yeah. it was yeah. easy, SEO, everyone would be doing it. Good, sure. Then it's not really a business that you can scale, right? right. For me, anything that's more difficult, like you have a professional designation, like a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer, where they've been in trades for 20, 30 years in school, then they've been apprenticing, practicing under someone else to then create their own business. They probably aren't going to leave their profession for the next five, 10, 20 years because they invested so much time. So with what we do like SEO, it's your online reputation branding and every your biggest asset, your website. If you want to be positioned as a thought leader, an expert in your industry, you either do it yourself or hire someone to speed it up to do it properly. And what is that worth to you versus other forms of advertising? Like, don't get me wrong, digital marketing, there's email, there's banner ads, paid ads, social media, YouTube, podcasting, you know, all these other ways. And then traditional, there's radio, television, trade shows, magazines, billboards, you name it, there's still a lot of forms of advertising. Your choice but where do people typically search or seek out your product and service when they're ready to buy Google. And if you are not even there, guess what? You're losing the opportunity from some of your major competitors. If you understand the power of that medium, right? And it used to be television because there was no digital, right? It used to be radio, which you can amplify because everyone's commuting and listening on radio But today, there's so many different options. And when they go to Facebook or Instagram and Twitter, they're going for certain content pieces. They're checking out what's going on in their social field with their friends. And then you have a pop-up with an ad that you're trying to convert them that might not even resonate with the the person going on the social feeds, right? You have to understand that they're not seeking out your product and service. You are trying to disrupt their buying you Whatever they're trying to do, like mm-hmm. check out their friends' feeds or whatever, and you're trying to interrupt them. And with Google, it's like someone actively seeking out your product and service inbound. And therefore, Yellow Pages used to be the dominant player of inbound, ready-to-buy customers seeking out the product and service through that Yellow Pages category. Google just replaced what Yellow Pages did for so many years. Wow.
0: This was probably like the best way ever explained to me, like the importance and power of SEO, because we've talked to people before um, about SEO, but it always just kind of seemed like, oh, it's something that I'll just need to eventually do. But what I'm hearing right now is no, we need to Get that done like ASAP, like it is so important because, like, Joe and I we've been uh running like Facebook ads and Google ads and stuff for our private equity fund, and honestly, we haven't had a lot of success with it. Um, probably because a lot of people are on social media and they're not looking for investment opportunities on social media, like you said, they're checking out what their friends are doing, but. I mean, the more I think about it, I'm like, well, I guess somebody can Google, you know, investment opportunities or something, and we should be popping up in that.
1: Because they're actively, and they're so ready to buy. Someone seeking out a keyword, like Chinese food, for instance, I'm, get, I'm hungry, I'm craving Chinese food. Guess what? I'm going to type it in nearby or check out the reviews and buy it within 30 minutes, right? That's an active, ready to buy customer. So if you can seek out more of those active, ready-to-buy customers, you're in play. But a lot of people don't understand. Like, and the, the challenge with SEO is there's good and bad agencies. They don't really know what they're doing. Who do you hire? How do you make sure that they're you know guaranteeing or not guaranteeing? Yes, you got to do your due diligence. Yes, you got to understand what's going on. There's a lot of different factors. And I've kind of uncovered all of them from the last eight years to really help hundreds of business owners, uh, you know, get them from maybe even starting off to then being an expert in their industry. Right. And that's why it's more inbound ready to buy customers of your ideal type of avatar persona. And when you realize the power of that website that can cultivate ready to buy ideal customers of yours, you know, then you can pick and choose who you want to work with.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to SEO, and I think, you know, we could talk definitely talk about, you know, the ins and outs of it all day. But I think a lot of the ideal listeners that we have would be looking to probably one day soon outsource SEO, because it will take them, you know, probably a year just to figure out how to do it, where they can just hire you, you can do it right from day one and start getting them uh, results, uh, you know, however, you know, long it takes to actually get those results. How does somebody go about hiring an SEO agency? I know they could come to you, but what are some of those things they should look for? Because, you know, we've, you know, worked with a couple, a couple different marketing agencies, not in SEO, but in different areas. And what we found, it is very complicated to find the right fit. We didn't think it would be, but it actually is, and I figure that the right, the same thing is probably true for SEO. So, what are some of the things that somebody should look for when looking uh, to outsource their their SEO?
1: So, I, I think as a business owner, entrepreneur, you need to realize where your gaps are. What do you need for your business to either grow or sustain, or where you're at in your journey, right? Yeah. Um, and understand that there are great people with great skill set that you can hire in-house, freelance, independent contractors, or an agency, right? There's different segments, and you got to figure out what your goals are. Do you enjoy doing what you do and focus on building your business? Or do you want to do it yourself, dabble, and then dictate? Because a lot of people in control of their business want to control every aspect. So they want to hire in-house so that they can monitor and see what's going on. So there's a lot of areas you need to feel comfortable with. So the first thing is where you're at with your business and what do you want out of this relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Then understand the KPIs, like what is your goals and make Mm -hmm. sure that it's clear, crystal clear on what would make you happy and then go out there and ask people, right? Ask agencies, ask friends who've worked with other companies before or hired freelancers, consultants or whatever contractors and see if it actually came to fruition and if it worked for them or not. And then you, it's budget. You got to figure out what, how much money you're, you're planning on investing and what would make you happy. Like what would be successful based on what you're spending and realistic because there's a lot of, it's like hiring a general contractor. You got a, a $50,000 renovation project in your home. There's people that are freelancers, subcontractors, do it all general contractors, or there's companies that have a system and process that can do it well in three weeks, four weeks. Independent contractors half the price, but it's going to take you six months. Yeah, you got to figure out what you're willing to pay and do it properly. So with us, we've had work with many customers in different niches, and we have a solid track record. And we know what needs to be done. And we're realistic about things because people are going to say a lot of things. I guarantee you, I, I can get you ranked in all these keywords within 30 days. Blah, blah. I'm more honest, uh, transparent and, and authentic, right? I'm going to be like, here, I did an audit on your site. I know what's going on in your space, your competitors, the keywords. And I, this, this is how long it took them be there realistically it will take you this long based on what I see right mm. and this is how much you need to invest because you know imagine someone doing SEO for the last 10 years and say you're a dentist in a big city like New York and guess what there's thousands of dentists realistically you just starting even if you invest five ten thousand dollars a month it's not gonna make you number one overnight going to be realistically another five or 10 years to compete like everyone else, because Google wants to ensure that it's the best match. It's not the newest match, right? You're not going to try to trick Google. You're just going to try to do things the right way, just like all those business owners who have been in business for generations. They've learned it from years and years of doing the same thing over and over. So it's not an overnight success. And people have to realize SEO, it's the same thing. You can do paid ads, immediate response, right? I don't know if it's a good profile of your type of clients, but you can try it, right? SEO is more of a long game, building your authority, making you position as a leader and expert in your industry. And then people respect you because they know that you've earned your way the right way.
2: Yeah, that is uh, very compelling. I never heard anybody really break it down uh, in simple terms like you have. And I think you have this ability to speak the same language that small business owners are speaking, where it's like, oh, OK, that makes sense, as opposed to like what I see with a lot of marketers there, they sound and act like marketers and that there's a communication gap between them and the business owner. But with you, you bridge that gap very, very nicely. So well done. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to everything we talked about in this episode, what's one of the number one takeaways that you want people to get uh, from this podcast?
1: Yeah, with SEO, like my main purpose of going on podcast speaking and getting the word out there is SEO is a great choice for small, medium-sized businesses. It's a way to compete with the big brands, big box retailers. And if done right with right team, or you doing it yourself and learning or hiring people, it can really make a big difference in the way you're perceived, and it will generate more revenue for your business. And my job is to equip business owners with tools and access and resources and knowledge, so that they make the right decision for their business. Because everyone feels that they are sold, right? And I'm more about educating people to make sure that they make the right choice so that when they're doing it, they feel you know, empowered and they're also gonna get good rewards from it, like more revenue, more sales, more profitability, right? And that's my thing. I wanna help those small, medium-sized business owners. So what I've done with this agency is help Like I do what those big brands have been doing with SEO and I bring it to small, medium sized businesses so that they can compete. Yes, I'm not making a huge margin, but that's okay because I want to help the small, medium sized businesses because that's what's true to my heart. And this is why I started this company, right? And that's what resonates with me more so like helping the little guys versus the big guys. And if I could do more of that, I will, right? And that's my mission really. So
0: I guess that kind that answer kind of ties in with our next question. And this question is, uh, since you're on the Abundant Culture podcast episode, we have to ask this question to every guest that comes on. And the question is, how do you spread abundance?
1: Yeah, by just giving, right? Like not just to my clients, but even my staff like perspective, knowledge, you know, resource, access, choice, all these things are great when you have the ability to and acknowledging it. And not everyone has different skill sets. They're in different stages in their lives, right? Most of my staff are in their 20s. So I can educate them a little bit more because I'm, you know, a little bit more well equipped with life experience, right? business experience. So just taking them on that journey. And letting them discover themselves and letting them be inspired and hopefully educating them to take action, do something more with their lives. And if I'm able to impact one person every day or a couple people a day, I think I'm slowly making a difference in people's lives and not just business owners, but like people that I encounter. It's just everyone. The more you just start giving without expecting, that's what life is about, right? Like helping. Picking people up when they're down, right? Mm -hmm. I agree. So, if somebody wants
2: to work with you and your team, how would they get into contact with you all? Because I'm sure that somebody's listening to this and they know that SEO is something that they definitely need in their business. But, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs might not have the time or the knowledge to do it themselves. So, how would they get into contact
1: with you all? Yeah. You can check out uh, my website. It's local S-E-O, search.ca. So we're here in Toronto, Canada, um, but we, we service clients all over North America, UK, and Australia. And, you know, it's about just reaching out. Don't be afraid. Ask, ask questions, you know, educate yourself a little bit, you know, because there's a huge abundance of a lot of business owners are afraid because they've been sold or, you know, they've been emailed and called with guarantees and whatever price points, and they don't even know who who's reaching out to them. Right. So be weary. I would rather be in control with whatever choice. So do your own vetting, go out and seek your own information, go out on YouTube and read and listen and watch, go out and learn as much as you can, like read some stuff, right. Educate yourself. Like as a business owner, You should be on top of your business on every aspect. And sales and marketing is a huge component to really gain traction, right? To get some exposure, get more visibility. If you're lacking that skill set, you know, there's people out there that love it. You know, like our agency and other independent contractors and, you know, in-house people, they just love this. So just find them and they will hopefully be able to help you grow your business. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you again so much, John, for coming onto the podcast, because I mean, like Joe was saying, you you broke down like the simplest things and made it even more simple and understandable for all business owners listening, including us. So we really appreciate all the knowledge and energy that you, you gave into this episode. So thank you.
1: You're welcome. And hopefully you got some value out of it. And you know, your listeners, because that's what it's all about, right? Just making an impact in one person and hopefully they take action.
0: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. We definitely did.
1: If
0: you don't diversify your investment portfolio, you could end up losing it all. But most business owners don't know how to diversify to mitigate those risks. That's why we created this resource for you. This passive investing guide is a must-have if you're planning to invest in businesses. Don't hesitate. If you have more than 25 grand liquid, then you can't afford not to take advantage of this resource. Download the four reasons why in 2021 you need small businesses in your portfolio now by going to www.abundantculture.co forward slash guide. Thank you for listening to the Abundant Culture Podcast with Jazz and Joe. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe then leave an honest rating and review. And remember, we're ready to buy your business. So if you're ready to sell or passively invest in other small businesses, go to AbundantCulture.co for more information. We publish episodes every Friday, so we'll see you next week.